heightened by the fact that we are the Jets. In Chicago, and he's doing this. I mean, that is what Bobby the Brain Heenan would call a ham and egger move. What the heck's going on in Champaign, Illinois with Brett Bielema? They, they have a real shot to get to. Frazier's got it in the Big Ten Championship. And now, broadcasting live and local from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. Broncos country, let's ride. And Eric Fry. Yeah, and you, you know, you're, you, 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 excuse me. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in, welcome in to a uh, Friday edition of the uh, starting lineup on 98.9 The Game, ESPN Radio, here on this snowy uh, Friday. And it's Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, hanging out with you for the next hour here on ESPN Radio. And uh, coming up here on uh, the uh, program, we got uh, stuff to uh, dive into, uh, and we got some local basketball to uh, talk about uh, there last night at the NTC Girls uh, Tournament there, and we'll get set for Championship Saturday there in uh, Beecher City as well. And we'll take a look at other conference tournaments uh, that get underway uh, tonight as well, and uh, this weekend, and uh, some uh, tournaments concluding as well we'll set the table for the schedule for not only tonight but tomorrow as well and we'll try to keep you up to date with all the uh cancellations as mm-hmm. well uh particular on that local uh side of things there as well and uh, we also got to uh, recap on a line game of that happened right here on a 98.9 last night and uh, so we'll hit up on that as well as a uh, college basketball and the Atlanta will have another game this weekend and that's going to be on a Sunday uh, there. That's also going to be right here on 98.9. And we will also be hitting up on the NFL playoffs as well. Divisional round uh, coming up this weekend. Which Saturday's games will also be right here on 98.9. Saturday's games here on 98.9. So uh, we'll talk about those and we'll get to uh, pick them uh, this week as well. And we'll also be uh, touching a little bit on the NBA as well, what happened there last night and what's peaking at the uh, schedule for this weekend. But I'm sure all eyes will be on the uh, NFL divisional round playoffs. And uh, so we'll have that covered for you here today on the program. So, uh, again, if you want to stay up to date with uh, some of those uh, closings and uh, cancellations, you can go to our website, femradio.com. We have uh, that up there as well as the sports cancellations as well that have been uh, affected by uh, today's weather 
and hmm, so much for uh, a dusting uh, out there. A little bit more than that around the area, causing some schools to uh, cancel uh, today and have the basketball schedules be adjusted. Of course, the uh, starting lineup is brought to you by McMahon Meats, taking the insurance agency, Worth Computer Repair, and uh, Tetopolis State Bank. All right, we've uh, cleared the way of uh, snow off the uh, satellites, and we are getting ready to uh, get underway here. And let's kick off the show with a segment we call First Things First. Before we get into the show. First things first. And we're starting off in uh, college basketball, of course. We're starting off there in Ann Arbor last night. And in this room, raise your hand if you have as many wins as Juwan Howard has against Brad Underwood. We all should be raising our hands yep. because 0 for 7 right now is Juwan Howard against the uh, Lighteye. And they uh, did it again last night. They uh, beat the Wolverines 88-73 over in uh, Chrysler up in Ann Arbor. Uh, there, it got close there in the uh, second half, and this was single digits uh, for most of the game, but uh, Illinois ended on a, a big run and ended up uh, blowing them out uh, there towards the end of the game. Uh, there, I think they went on like a 17-2 to run after it got to like a one- or two-point game, and uh, the Illini uh, ended up uh, closing it out, uh, blowing the doors off Chrysler. And the Orange Crush surprising yep. uh, the fans there in a light crowd, you'd say, oh, yeah. in Michigan last night. Very light crowd there in Michigan. <laughs> Late uh, alive-ing crowd. 10,919 people there. Still filing in. Yeah. Still still today <laughs> looking for their seats. <laughs> you could but, find it. There was a lot of fans dressed up like empty seats. Oh, yeah. Uh, Coleman Hawkins, Travis, 21 points, 6 steals, mm. a block, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, he had a great night, but this entire Illinois team, you know, Greer had 16, Damascus had 15, Rogers had 15, which we've talked about. You're not expecting points out of him. Any points you get out of Ty Rogers is a bonus. Mm -hmm. He came through with 15 for you. And then Harmon off the bench. I've been criticizing this bench all year. He had 11 big points off the bench for this Illini team. Mm -hmm. Uh, I said it on the show yesterday, Travis, and, and I will continue to say it. This was a get-right game. This was a game you need to come out and you needed to win because this is not Michigan as we've known Michigan. No. Now, again, I will say I'm a little concerned in the fact of even though it's not Michigan of old, I would say this recently has been Illinois' rival. More so than maybe Purdue would be, would be right there. But Michigan's been... Firmly, I think, second place as far as a rivalry goes for Illinois within the years. Yeah, definitely on the basketball side for so sure. So as we've talked about, Travis, this Illinois team does a great job at getting up for the big games. And a game against your number two rival at their place is a big game. Mm-hmm. So I expected them to get up for this. I expected them to have a good night. Now what can you do when it's not a rivalry, when it's not a big-time game? Yeah. Because that's where we always get bit. Mm-hmm. So that is what I, I 
last night was great. I'm not I'm not looking past last night. You did what you needed to do. You came out and had a great, solid victory. But what are we going to do against Rutgers come Sunday? Because that's a game you should win. You've already mm-hmm. beaten them. Now they're coming to Champaign where they clearly have not played as good as they do at Rutgers. Mm-hmm. But this is that that's a letdown game, just like the Maryland game last Sunday. You beat Michigan State. You beat Tom Izzo. And then you drop the ball against Maryland on Sunday. I want to see them get every game be this up for. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about it getting up uh, for the game on a Sunday, but you know, Rutgers is not uh, what they were last year, and they not they're not Maryland. Uh, I would say that. So uh, I think Maryland's better than they're giving credit for. Uh, um, yeah, well, we'll see bounce back performance uh, after you know such an unemotional win. And again, I'm not nothing against Maryland. I was not meaning you know I think Maryland's a pretty good. Team oh, that's too. everybody. That's everybody though. Yeah. So. But Illinois has a tendency of doing this: beating FAU at Madison Square Garden, then laying a brick against Tennessee last year. You got the big win as well, and then you laid a brick against you know uh, Missouri. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta get up for every game. I want this attitude and this fire from this team for every game, mm-hmm. not just the ones that could be close or the ones that are against good teams or rivalries. I want, or a nationally televised game. I want every game to be a good game. I want up every game. Well, in uh, conference play, uh, the uh, Light Eye are ten and four against uh, Rutgers, and including seven and zero in Champaign. Uh, so they should win. If history tells you anything, they should win. So. I'm not saying they shouldn't win, but yeah, that Travis is a perfect storm setting up for it to be a letdown, especially with Northwestern on the road coming up just three days after that. Yeah, there's a lot of games here. Back to back, or yeah. in a close time frame. And three days later, you're taking on Indiana. And then three days after that, you're taking on Ohio State. Yeah, the the grind of Big Ten play. Yeah. So here. so again, I I don't want to look past this Rutgers game. I want them to get up for this Rutgers game before you go take on Northwestern because we know Northwestern's a decent team this year. Mm-hmm. They're going to be one of those teams you're fighting with in the Big Ten for a first round bye. Yeah. So. Good win last night. You took care of business. But, again, let's be honest, Travis, beat a sub-500 team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but, not, you know, like you said, they did exactly what, what they needed to they do. They did. And, I'm not again, I'm not taking anything away from them for that. They did what they needed to do. Like you said, they kind of led most of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They took control. Mm-hmm. But you should against a sub-500 team. Yeah, and like you mentioned, uh, Coleman Hawkins with a good game there. 21 points, 10 rebounds, and a, a nice uh, bookend for his career. Uh, he kind of uh, shared that on uh, uh, social media last night as well, going all the way back to his uh, freshman year where he was uh, celebrating on the sidelines there during the COVID season uh, when we blew the doors off that uh, talented Michigan team uh, there and should have uh, won co-Big Ten uh, but that's why we have our banners up here because I recognize that. Uh, but so uh, Coleman Hawkins, of course, he's always gotten up for a uh, Michigan. I always have uh, with that rivalry with uh, Dickerson there. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I thought it was nice uh, bookend to uh, his career to uh, finish things off. 
there. And I believe this is the only time we're going to be playing Michigan. We're only having one matchup this year, like always. And nope, we do have one coming up in a Champaign. So uh, not exactly finishing up the career, but finishing up the career there at Chrysler. Right. Uh, there for uh, Coleman Hawkins. And uh, we definitely needed a bounce back game from him and Gurrier as well. He had uh, 16 points to uh, bounce back. And those guys kind of had a disappointing uh, output there against uh, Maryland. On a Sunday, mm -hmm. so that was uh, nice to see. And you know, he didn't play a whole lot, but uh, Martelli was back in the lineup for a little bit. He only played six minutes off the bench, but uh, he hasn't been in a game uh, for quite a while. And kind of like mid November, I want to say, is when he uh, last played. Mm -hmm. So trying to slowly get him integrated uh, back into the rotation uh, there. And yeah, November nineteenth was the last time uh, that he played. Uh, he's been dealing with a foot injury ever since. So maybe he's uh, another guy that you could integrate off the bench there because we've talked about it yes. at, at nauseum about the low bench minutes yep. uh, there this season. He's someone who you definitely need to have step up and, and hopefully he can start getting healthy and, and can help you out. And that way, I just, like I said, I want this team to be consistent. Hmm. Yeah. Which again, I don't think it's too much to ask for. No, it's not. If you're going to say we are one of the top basketball programs in the country, then I want some consistency. Now, this year's been a wacky year in college basketball. I'm not saying it hasn't been. But some consistency and win the games you're supposed to win. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's definitely not uh, too hard no. uh, to ask. No, don't, don't stub your toe against a team you should beat. Hmm. Yeah, and they certainly didn't do that uh, last night. So uh, always a good day when you can beat Michigan and uh, beat John Howard again. It, at this point, it's just kind of getting like, ah, we beat him again. Oh, he's on his way out, Travis, so you won't have to worry about that stat for much longer. <laughs> does he even make it to the game in a Champagne is the question. And does he yeah. even does yeah. he make it to February 13th? I think so. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't see them making a a change midseason. Even though I think the team has basically quit on him anyways. Right. He's yep. just a figurehead at this point. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, taking pictures with the uh, Fab Five there a couple yep. of games ago uh, there. So uh, Illinois uh, picking up a, a win uh, there last night against Michigan and also there uh, yesterday uh, was the uh, kind of first uh, appearance, I think, via, I don't know if this was uh, actually a person or just kind of like a, on a video conference for Terrence Shannon Jr., uh, but a preliminary yes. hearing is going to be set for February 23rd in a Douglas County, uh, Kansas. So uh, we'll have to uh, wait and see for more updates on that in February 23rd. Now his his lawsuit against Illinois was heard by a judge and it's been moved up to a district uh, court in that regard. So we may hear something before then about that part of it. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, see uh, latest developments uh, there for uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. All right, so uh, the Illini are back in action, and they're on a Sunday against the Rutgers in Champaign, and you can hear that coverage starting at 11 a.m. here on 98.9 because we have a noon tip-off there. So 
start your Sunday off just like you did last Sunday. Hopefully not a repeat performance uh, there, but watch college basketball and then uh, sit and kick your feet up for the rest of the NFL divisional action on a Sunday. Mm. All right, so we move along here, and we're going to hit up on some local sports, some local sports in basketball that happened there last night and get you set for what's going down tonight. And that's coming up next here on the Star Lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. It's cold outside, but at McMahon Meats, we have a convenient drive-up window so you can stay in your car. Phone ahead at 217-813-6054 to place your order, and we will hand it to you in your warm car. McMahon Meats offers fresh cuts of beef, pork, chicken, and fish. We also offer a wide variety of sides and appetizers. Stop by today on Route 40 between Teutopolis and Effingham. Check us out online at mcmahonmeats.com or visit us on Facebook. McMahon Meats, where quality and convenience meet tradition. Hey, son, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm fine, Pops. What's on your mind? I just, I can't explain it. Navigating, without a compass, eyes waiting, started to wonder. Metamorphosis, philosophy, you thought you is. When your kid can't find the language, help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at sounditouttogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. If you're just tuning in, this is Fan 23, Fansville's number one sports radio station. Brought to you by Tasty Dr. Pepper. We are settling the great debate, best third quarter snack, hot dogs or nachos? You know my mantra, Doug. Uh, yes. Meaty early, early, cheesy late. late. Well, it looks like we have a caller here to weigh in. Is this Chuck? Popcorn in the third is the move. What? You go with passive snacking after halftime. No, it's nachos. Look, as long as there's an ice cold Dr. Pepper there to wash it down, I'm good with either. Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. And now. Welcome in to the podcast exclusive of the starting lineup. Travis Sparks here. As I let Todd Stapleton go, I certainly appreciate, <clears throat> excuse me. The starting lineup. Stop the recording. On 98.9 The In to the uh, start of lineup here on 98.9 The Game, ESPN Radio. Uh, set up on uh, some uh, local sports uh, there that happened uh, last night. And uh, let's uh, hit up on uh, some girls basketball here. Just uh, going down the uh, page here in the uh, Highland uh, Tournament. It was O'Fallon 
over Oakville, uh, 57 to 47. Uh, Highland won over Taylorville in overtime, 56 to uh, 51. And uh, Breeze Central victorious over their crosstown rivals, Breeze Modern Day, uh, 47 to uh, 35. So uh, that has set up the uh, finals of the uh, day on uh, tomorrow for the Highland tournament. In the uh, consolation and championship game, it's the Topolis uh, squared off against the Civic Memorial at uh, 10 a.m. Fifth place game is going to be O'Fallon versus Highland. Third place game is Nashville versus Breeze Modern Day. And the championship game is All Marquette versus Breeze Central. Tentatively scheduled for 2.30 uh, there. And in the Vandalia Midwinter Tournament there, we had Mascuda win over Salem's JV team of 55-28. And Trenton Wesleyan over Vandalia, 56-30. to 30. And the uh, midwinter tournament for tomorrow looks like this. Uh, Salem uh, JV against Vandalia at 10 a.m. Fifth place game is Mascuda against Trenton Wesleyan at 11.30. Salem versus Centralia at 1 o'clock for the third place game. And the championship game is FEM versus uh, Greenville at 2.30 there in Vandalia. And last night in the National Trail Conference Tournament, we had the number one seed, Altamont Lady Idiots, almost go down here as Dietrich almost pulled off the upset. Mm -hmm. And they pulled it out, Altamont. The biggest takeaway here is a survive and advance mentality as Altamont squeaks out a one-point victory, 49-48 to here. But Dietrich... Give them all the credit in the world here. They came to play last night, and they had a game plan, and they came out and executed it. They actually came from behind after the first quarter. They were down by five, but they actually turned things around, and they ended up leading at halftime there. It was like 27 to 23 at the half, and going into the locker room like, whoa, we could be on the brink of an upset here. Number one seed knocked out, number four team in the state mm -hmm. in the AP and uh, Altamont pulls out there in the uh, second half uh, there and squeaks by with a one point of victory there at the very end. And even Altamont, they had a good lead in the fourth quarter, but uh, Dietrich came back there and I think they were down by like seven or eight points at one mm -hmm. point in the fourth quarter and ended up coming back and tying the game. And whatnot, and it came down there to the very end. Yeah, and Dietrich, you know, is going to play it tough every time. Boys or girls, doesn't matter. Dietrich, just that mentality is never quit, never give up. And, uh, you know, Altamont, I, I like what you said there, Travis, about the mentality being survive in advance because you're going to need that in a couple of weeks once regionals start. Mm -hmm. You don't need to blow everybody out. You just need to win and keep moving on. And if they can get that instilled in them now, so as much as you hate, you know, as close as that game was from an Altamont fan perspective, it may be good for you. Mm -hmm. It may be good for you in the long run that you've kind of dealt with this adversity and you know, hey, any given night, anyone can lose. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's an important lesson to learn, especially with the streak they've been on. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I think I, I think this in the long run could end up helping the Altamont Lady Indians going forward. Yeah, definitely. And I, I would agree uh, with that sentiment uh, there at the uh, very end. Uh, it was uh, Grace Nelson at the uh, free throw line when uh, she was uh, fouled there with uh, 1.6 seconds left. And uh, she missed the first free throw. And uh, then... 
Uh, she made the second one there, and uh, Dietrich called a timeout, uh, set up the last second play, but uh, it was uh, beyond half-court shot, and uh, it was uh, well short uh, there. But uh, Nelson, primetime player, stepping up in a mm-hmm. big moment there at the line, and she ended up with uh, 29 points and needed every bit of those 29 there. And uh, Lurkins finished with the nine points, the pick-and-roll game between her and Nelson. Uh, we're working there uh, last night, but it was just a tough shooting night for the Lady Indians as they couldn't get any of their three-pointers to a fall, and they were just missing a lot of shots uh, there uh, last night as well. And, man, Dietrich played really well, and they were in a foul trouble. I know Westendorf, again, was in foul trouble, but she ended up with 11 uh, there. Uh, Tegler ended up fouling out. And uh, there was another one that was in a foul trouble. I think it was Meinhardt or Goebel mm-hmm. uh, was also in some foul trouble. But uh, they also turned the ball over quite a bit there in the middle of the game. And who knows if they didn't took care of the ball a little bit better, they could have had a, a bigger lead and could have forced Altamont to come back or even complete the, the upset uh, there uh, last night. But uh, definitely a great game uh, for the Maroons. But just coming up a little bit short there, uh, Britain. Uh, she led the way. She had 16 uh, for Dietrich. But Altamont will advance to the uh, championship game, uh, survive and advance to uh, the uh, Saturday championship at uh, 7 o'clock there in uh, Beecher City. And who will they meet there? Well, that was decided in the next game as it was a St. Anthony victorious over Brownstown on St. Elmo, 54-47. to uh, uh, St. Anthony got to a, a big lead in the opening quarter. Uh, they opened it up to 17-5. to uh, lead, uh, but the game got a little tighter there, particularly in uh, the uh, third quarter. Brownstown came on strong, and uh, they ended up outscoring St. Anthony 19-7 to there in uh, that uh, third uh, quarter, and uh, they were looking uh, to pull off the uh, upset as well, but uh, St. Anthony got things going there in the fourth quarter, and they ended up outscoring Brownstown 12-7 to there in that fourth quarter. They had a pivotal 8-1 uh, there towards the end of the game as well. And only three players in the box score last night for St. Anthony in the scoring column. Uh, Vonderheide led the way. She had 24 of them. Uh, Ruha had 21. And Addison Rios had nine. And that was it. All the scoring there for St. Anthony in this one. Uh, Seaball, she led the way for Brownstown. She had 20. And uh, Diana Hazlett uh, had 12 of those points as well. Double figure scores there for Brownstown. So, there it is. It's the number one seed, Altamont, number two seed, St. Anthony. And that game's at 7 o'clock, tip-off for the championship game. And you can hear it over on Jack FM. And this is the rematch from a little bit uh, see, a little bit earlier in the season. And it's been said a few times uh, that I mentioned that to uh, Coach Cousy, who was filling in uh, for uh, Coach Carr uh, last night, that – uh, you know, uh, say Anthony could be a little different team uh, this time around. They'll be at full strength, and Ruhal wasn't played in the game uh, last time out, and he said that's true, but he also said that Altamont was a different team than they were mm-hmm. uh, at that point in the season uh, there when they matched up first time at the Inlow Center. But I'll definitely be highly interested in uh, this one, and I would expect another one to go down to the wire here again with St. Anthony and Altamont. Third place game will be a Dietrich against uh, Brownstown St. Elmo. Before that, approximately 5.30. Consolation Championship is Neoga against Cowden Herrick Beecher City 
at 4 o'clock. And then the seventh place game gets things started there on Saturday. South Central against Windsor Stu Straws uh, there to wrap things up for the National Trail Conference Tournament uh, there at Beecher. Uh, we have the Lincoln Prairie Conference Tournament continuing there last night as well as it was a Sullivan with the win over Cerro Gordo, 46-13. And Arcola got the win over Tri-County, 45-40. So that means that in the championship game tomorrow at 7 o'clock, it's Arcola against a Sullivan. And in the third place game in Cerro Gordo against Tri-County at 5.30. We also had at the other location at St. Paul's, it was Arthur over Unity Christian at 50 uh, six to twenty-six, and Cumberland with a win over Oka Valley, sixty to twenty-seven. There, in the Little Illini Conference Tournament, it concluded there last night in Lawrenceville. In the third-place game, it was Paris winning the Battle of the Tigers over Olney, forty-five to seventeen, and it was a Robinson edging Mount Carmel, fifty to forty-nine, to take the uh, conference tournament. Uh, there, uh, that's. Probably been owned by Paris the last mm -hmm. uh, several years, but uh, Robinson getting the championship uh, this time around. So the Maroons are conference champions of the Little Illini. Congratulations. Absolutely. And uh, pulling out that one-point victory. Uh, Mattoon with a win over Urbana, 55-30. Clinton over Warrensburg Latham, 49-37. In a boys basketball from last night, they're in a Salem Moves, East St. Louis, Oliver Carbondale, 82-51. And Mount Vernon squeaks one out against Charleston, a 43 of 41. Uh, but they had an opportunity there to potentially pull off an upset there for the Trojans. Uh, but just missed. I saw that video uh, there last night. So uh, that would have been a nice win uh, for Charleston. Uh, but Mount Vernon squeaks one out mm. there, 43-41. Um, and uh, let's see, in the NTC 8th uh, grade uh, tournament concluded there in, uh, I think it was uh, St. Elmo last night, uh, the uh, Constellation Championship went to uh, Cowden as they won over Sigal St. Michael, 41-35, uh, Stu Straws over North Clay, Clay City, 40-36 in the third place game, and in the championship it was Dietrich Oliver and Yoga, 42-14, and that puts uh, the Maroons at 21-0 on the season. Uh, there at junior high. Uh, local sports uh, for uh, this evening. Uh, they're tentatively scheduled. I say all these games uh, will have some of uh, the closing and cancellations. Uh, but uh, Salem Invitational Tournament, Centralia against uh, Salem at 6, and East St. Louis against uh, Mount Vernon at uh, 7.30. And uh, the NTC, uh, St. Anthony, matching up with uh, Windsor Stewstraws, North Clay, is at Ramsey, OPH against uh, Dietrich, South Central at Cowden Herrick Beach City, and uh, St. Elmo hosting Mulberry Grove. And uh, Shelbyville was supposed to host Altamont this evening, uh, but we found out that Shelbyville canceled school today, so there is uh, no school, no play, and so that game has been uh, postponed. They're looking to potentially try to reschedule this. And uh, Altamont, I know, is still out there uh, scrambling, trying to find an opponent uh, there because their game on Tuesday happened to be uh, canceled as well. Right. So uh, we'll try to keep you up to date as uh, best as we can. But uh, as of right now, no game happening uh, tonight for Altamont on the boys' side of things. And also we have in the Apollo, Mount Zion's got a big one in Metamora as Metamora is pretty Highly ranked in the Nestra, uh, Nesto rankings. 
uh, Lincoln Prairie Conference Tournament begins tonight, and all of these games are at 6 o'clock with the higher seed hosting uh, Blue Ridge, hosting the 12 seed Unity Christian, the 11 seed Heritage at the 6 seed Villa Grove, 10 seed Tri County is at the 7 seed Arthur. And we also have uh, Cumberland beginning the LPC tournament as it's the ninth seed are the Pirates. that will be at the eight seed Cerro Gordo tonight at uh, 6 o'clock over on WCRA. And mm-hmm. that's where Eric will be this evening. Yep, up in Cerro Gordo, a rematch from a game earlier this year before Christmas that Coach Radel said Pirates probably should have won, but there was one guy who ended up scoring 33 points uh, for, Villa, uh, for Cerro Gordo, so... Got to shut him down, and uh, we'll see if the Pirates show up offensively and can make a, a run of it. The winner of this game will play Arcola tomorrow morning. Yep, and uh, Arcola, number one overall seed yep. uh, there, and the conference tournament will shift to Arthur uh, there tomorrow. And then the winner of Unity Christian and Blue Ridge will take on the four seed Argenta following that Arcola in either Cumberland or Saragorno matchup. Um, the three-seed Oakhaw Valley will take on the winner of Heritage and Villa Grove, and the winner of Tri-County and Arthur will take on the two-seed of Sullivan there at approximately uh, 3.30. In the Little Illini, uh, that game has been uh, postponed to Martinsville and Marshall uh, this evening. Uh, Tuscola was supposed to match up with uh, Clinton, uh, Pawnee, at Central A&M, Macon Meridian at Warrensburg, uh, Latham. And uh, let's see here. The uh, uh, schedule for tomorrow that I haven't ran down uh, yet, starting at the uh, top there. I already talked about those. Uh, let's see. Uh, Effie and back in action at the uh, Salem Invitational Tournament on the boys' side. Uh, they start things off there at 11 a.m. against the Champaign uh, Central, and uh, they'll play a, another game uh, no matter what and uh, Carbondale as well will take on Charleston and then the seventh place and consolation championships and everything else will be decided mm-hmm. uh, there for the rest of the day uh, North Clay is supposed to be at OPH St. Joe Ogden at St. Anthony uh, Chatham Glenwood is at Muhammad Seymour both on the boys and the girls side and uh, the little light eye conference tournament on the boys side of things gets underway tomorrow there in Newton uh, the number one seed Olney will start the day against Paris at 1 o'clock. Uh, four seed Mount Carmel against the five seed Casey at 2.30. Uh, the two seed Lawrenceville against the seven seed Robinson at 4 o'clock. And then concluding the evening there, it's Newton matching up with Marshall at 5.30, the three versus six tomorrow. And we also have a lot of junior high mm-hmm. uh, basketball. Uh, the seventh grade is going to be starting their uh, regional play. Yes. Uh, tomorrow as well and we'll have the full list of that up on the website fmradio.com and the full results up there as well and any closings or any cancellations or postponements yes. Yes. Uh, as well to be updated that on the website all right so will we move along here and we move along into some of football it's time for the divisional round in the nfl and that's what we're hitting up on coming up next the starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. It's cold outside, but at McMahon Meats, we have a convenient drive-up window so you can stay in your car. Phone ahead at 217-813-6054 to place your order, and we will hand it to you in your warm car. McMahon Meats offers fresh cuts of beef, pork, chicken, and fish. We also offer a wide variety of sides and appetizers. Stop by today on Route 40, 
between Teutopolis and Effingham. Check us out online at mcmahonmeats.com or visit us on Facebook. McMahon Meats, where quality and convenience meet tradition. Winter storms create a higher risk of car accidents, hypothermia, frostbite, carbon monoxide poisoning, and heart attacks from overexertion. Winter storms, including blizzards, can bring extreme cold, freezing rain, snow, ice, and high winds. These storms can last a few hours or several days. Winter weather can cut off heat, power, and communication services for undetermined periods of time. Prepare now for what this winter may bring. This is Sergeant Jared Purcell of the FEM Police Department, wishing all of our area residents a safe and happy winter season. You might watch your bottom line shrink if you don't account for burglaries, on-site accidents, and other unpredictable misfortunes at your business. Pekin Insurance offers comprehensive business coverage that lets you focus on what's important, employees, profits, and peace of mind. Ask your local Pekin Insurance agent about commercial insurance products or learn more at PekinInsurance.com. In Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. If you've been injured in an accident that wasn't your fault, we have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions. They'll tell you if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-378-4750. So if you've been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, call now. Find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-378-4750 to speak with a live person now. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Tax Act can think of a million things more fun than filing taxes. Tax Act is going to name some now. Sitting in traffic. Folding a fitted bedsheet. Listening to your coworker talk about his fantasy team. Digging a hole. Digging an even larger hole next to that original hole. Unfortunately, Tax Act's filing software can't make taxes fun. But Tax Act can help you get them done. Tax Act. Let's get them over with. And now. But then uh, tomorrow, open up a uh, three-game set with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks coming up uh, tomorrow. But enjoy St. Louis Cardinal baseball right here and right now on 98.9 The Game. The starting lineup. Oh, I still got – we still got a few more minutes. What am I doing? What am I doing here? You're supposed to keep me – you're supposed to keep me on the rails here. I'm Jeez, sorry. my I, God. I was, I, was, I was just agreeing with you. Oh, my God. It's okay. Not really. But. Yeah, we still got a couple more minutes. Let's talk about Carrasco. On 98.9 The Game. Oh, I still got – we still got a few more minutes. What am I doing? Eric Fry Sports Center update. The Blues are on a three-game losing streak following a 5-2 loss to the Capitals at Capital One Arena. Blues now sixth in the Central Division with 44 points and a 21-20-2 record. St. Louis hosts Washington tomorrow. College basketball action from yesterday. SAU Eversville crushed a Lindenwood 78-59. Tomorrow, Lindenwood will host Eastern Illinois. Missouri State welcomes Illinois State. Southeast Missouri State is at home against SIU Edwardsville. Southern Illinois visits Northern Iowa, and Western Illinois is at home against Tennessee State. Bulls have won two of their last three after taking down the Raptors, 116-110 in Toronto. Lucevich and DeMar DeRozan tied with a team high in scoring with 24 points apiece. Lucevich recorded a double-double after grabbing 14 rebounds. He also led all players with seven assists. Kobe White chipped in 23 points, eight rebounds, and four assists. Chicago is ninth place in the Eastern Conference at 20-23. and 23. They host Memphis tomorrow night. Blackhawks couldn't get the Pusk in the goal as they lost 3-0 to the Sabres at Key Bank Center. 
Chicago last in the Central with 28 points and a 13-30-2 record. They host the Islanders tonight. A former NFL head coach could be coming back to the league as an offensive coordinator. ESPN reports that former Arizona Cardinal coach Cliff Kingsbury is set to interview for the Bears' vacant OC position. Kingsbury currently works as an offensive analyst and quarterbacks coach at USC. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game. Travis Sparks here, Eric Fry over there with the Sports Center Reads. What are you doing over there, buddy? Quarterback coach at USC. Who would he have coached? Mm. Oh, yeah, that's right, Caleb Williams, who everyone says is going to be the number one draft pick. Who holds that number one draft The Chicago Bears. Mm. Yeah. As I Cliff said, Ga- Cliff Kingsbury. If Kingsbury gets picked as the OC, Travis, they're picking Caleb Williams, and Justin Fields is going to be looking for a new job. Well, I was going to say, was is it out of the realm of possibility? Could they pick Caleb Williams and keep Justin Fields? I mean, I guess you could keep him for a year, but I don't think you're going to do that, especially if you're bringing in Caleb Williams' offensive coordinator. Yeah. Did he coach Caleb Williams, though? He was a quarterback coach. Mm. So even though he wasn't the OC, he still coached the quarterbacks. And mm. So, yeah. I feeling about that, Chicago. Cliff not, Kingsbury. Not great. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, let's uh, stick with the uh, NFL theme here, and it's the uh, divisional round of that. It kicks off there uh, tomorrow, and uh, I'll get started there at uh, 3.30, uh, and uh, the uh, pre-game coverage will begin a little bit earlier than that here on 98.9. Uh, but it's the Texans and the Ravens going to be opening the uh, day, and uh, the number one seeds are both in action. So uh, we'll see you. The Ravens favored by 9.5 in this one. And they're going up against uh, C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryans. Can uh, they uh, pull off the upset here and uh, take down Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? Well, Ravens, Travis, are 11-2 all-time versus the Texans. It's their second-best win percentage against a single opponent. And the Ravens did beat the Texans 25-9 in Week 1, which was C.J. Stroud's debut. Mm. And that game, by the way, was the only time that they have not had a touchdown. One of three times, I should say, they haven't had a touchdown this season. They lost all three of those games. So, hmm. but again, that was C.J. Stroud's first game. He was sacked five times, held to five yards per attempt, and zero touchdowns. One of three games, he failed to throw a touchdown. All those, like I said, were losses. He has thrown 165 consecutive passes without an interception. He started the season with a streak of 191 passes without an interception as well. And... The Texans, the second best in the NFL at uh, 3.5 yards per rush in the regular season, but they allowed 19 rushing touchdowns, tied for fifth most. Mm. So, have to be on the lookout for that. And, uh, yeah, this is this is going to be an intriguing one, and we'll talk more about the numbers uh, coming up in, in just a little bit but um, in the pod. But, yeah, the, this is an interesting one. Yeah, you know, and a lot of talk this week has uh, been uh, Lamar Jackson needs to make a good performance mm-hmm. in the uh, playoffs and uh, can't drop the ball here. And you got to at least beat the Texans. Come on. You would think. Mm-hmm. But a nine and a half is intriguing mm-hmm. to potentially take the Texans. Yep. Uh, they're the way that they played. Uh, and last week. it's the top two defenses uh, against passing touchdowns squaring off. Hmm. So, yeah, this uh, could be a, a good one. 
there in Baltimore uh, tomorrow. And we also got the uh, Packers and uh, 49ers in the uh, nightcap, and that also is a nine-and-a-half-point favorites for the 49ers mm-hmm. as the number one seed against the Pack. Yeah, 10th playoff meeting all the time between the Packers and 49ers. It's the most common matchup in postseason history. 49ers have won four straight playoff games against the Packers, time hmm. for the second-longest win streak against a single opponent in postseason history. Hmm. 49ers, by the way, Travis, have won six straight divisional playoff games, second-longest streak since the 1970 merger. Only the Patriots won more. They won eight. So. Hmm. A lot uh, on the, the, the 49ers, but I think, Travis, the Packers have the advantage here in that there's no pressure on them. But yeah, they they're playing with house money. No one expecting them to no. be Dallas. No, so I'm I'm this could be interesting. And again, I got some more, but we'll wait till the pod to unleash it on the people. <laughs> All right, and we'll see if uh, the 49ers quarterbacks Brock Purdy can stay healthy because that was yeah. their one issue there in the championship game last year. Yep. Uh, but uh, we'll see if they can get it done. Like you said, no pressure on the Packers. They can play free and easy. Number seven seed. They move on here, beat Dallas in the fashion that they did, mm-hmm. and they'll try to tack down the number one seed as well on Saturday. And again, Travis, will history repeat itself? And I'll talk more about that coming up in the pod. History repeating itself. Mm-hmm. Does it sound good? Mm-hmm. Um, and then on uh, Sunday's matchups, uh, we have the uh, Bucks matching up with the Lions. Again, haven't had a playoff game uh, there in Detroit in 30 years, but in back-to-back weeks here, we got them. And Travis, this is the second playoff meeting all time between these two teams. The Buccaneers beat the Lions 20-10 to in Tampa back in the 1997 wildcard round. How long ago was this? Both these teams were part of the NFC Central Wow! at the time. Nice. So, first uh, divisional round appearance for the Lions since 1991. And it's the first time in franchise history they're hosting two playoff games in one postseason. Mm, yeah. First time ever. So First time ever. That wow. is crazy. These two teams did square off week six. It was the Lions beating the Buccaneers 20-6 to there in Tampa Bay. So, uh, Jameer Gibbs did not play, and David Montgomery was injured in the second quarter of that game. So, hmm. be interesting uh, there to see um, about that. Well, let me talk about another team. Um, not a lot is expected about the Packers. Not a lot is expected of the Bucks either. Oh, yeah. With the division that they play in yep. and uh, Baker and whatnot. Yep. So not a lot of people are, I think, giving Tampa uh, a chance here on a Sunday either. Uh, even though the, the line is six and a half, uh, Detroit yep. favored uh, there. And the tickets have gone down a little bit here on ESPN. Tickets are low as four hundred and fifty-five dollars. The uh, Tampa Bay Travis was forty to one to win the conference prior to the season. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. No one expected them to do anything, and no. here they are. And a lot of that's on Baker Mayfield. Yeah, he's played awesome. But he did struggle in Week Six against the Lions, and again, we'll talk more about that coming up. In the pod. And the pressure of the postseason. Yes. We'll see what happens. Yes. Uh, there. And uh, uh, then the uh, other matchup on a Sunday is what everyone is looking out for. It's the Bills, Chiefs. These are always uh, good when these two get together in the postseason, even though it's a, a different location. And then other matchups, of course, well-documented. 
first road game in the playoffs for Patrick Mahomes. And the Bills, slight favorites here, two and a half on a Sunday. They're at a 5.30 in Orchard Park. Yeah, and Travis, like you said, a lot's been made of Patrick Mahomes as far as going on the road. But in the postseason, Travis, 12-3 record as a starting QB in the playoffs. He has never lost in the wild card or division round. He's 7-0 in his career. That is tied with Donovan McNabb for the second longest win streak by a quarterback in wild card division playoffs, trailing only Tom Brady, who won eight straight. Um, but yeah, on the road, it's going to be different. Um, so Bills won each of their last six games, dating back to week 14, win at Kansas City, lar- largest active streak in the NFL, including the playoffs. And the Bills, 7-1 and one in their last eight games since Joe Brady took over as offensive coordinator. Buffalo has run by design on an NFL high 47% of plays in that span. So can the Chiefs defense slow down this Buffalo rushing attack? Right. Again, we've been saying it for the longest time that the Chiefs are the most vulnerable as they've ever been. And if there's any time that Josh Allen and the Bills should be the Chiefs, it's this game. But never count out the Chiefs until they finally lose. Bills 14-2 at at home in the playoffs since the 1970 merger. That's the best home record of any franchise. Hmm. So Buffalo playing at home is a different animal in the postseason than during the regular season. So Bills, by the way, roster has an average age of 27.6 years old. Only the Dolphins have an older average age this season. And comparison, the Chiefs defense, Travis, has an average age of 25.4 years old. It's the youngest average age for a defensive unit in the NFL this season. So Mm. it's one of the oldest teams taking on one of the youngest defensive units. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Right there. All right, so we'll we'll be uh, making our picks coming up in uh, the uh, pod as well. So uh, stick around uh, for uh, that. But we uh, close out the show uh, continuing to talk some uh, basketball here. And uh, we'll uh, close out uh, talking about the rest of the college basketball world as well as uh, the NBA. We'll see if we can get to that as well. Coming up next to close out of the show. The starting lineup. From 98.9 The Game Studios, we'll be right back. Imagine the possibilities with Teutopolis State Bank. This is Jerry Rundy. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk with your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. In Teutopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. It's cold outside, but at McMahon Meats, we have a convenient drive-up window so you can stay in your car. Phone ahead at 217-813-6054 to place your order, and we will hand it to you in your warm car. McMahon Meats offers fresh cuts of beef, pork, chicken, and fish. We also offer a wide variety of sides and appetizers. Stop by today on Route 40 between Teutopolis and Effingham. Check us out online at mcmahonmeats.com or visit us on Facebook. McMahon Meats, where quality and convenience meet tradition. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-384-1340. 
I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-384-1340. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-384-1340. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now... I have the Cowboys and the Packers in the NFC Championship. The last time the Dallas Cowboys made it to the Super Bowl back in 1995, they took out the Packers in the NFC Championship game. So, history will repeat itself. Cowboys moving on to the Super Bowl. The starting lineup. Oh, my God. It's all going somewhere, Travis. Just just go with me. The Cowboys. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's all going geez. somewhere. Oh, my on 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98 on the game. ESPN Radio. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, and we're only here on 98.9 for say a smidge a bit longer. But before we get to uh, what we were supposed to talk about here in uh, this uh, segment, we have uh, some uh, baseball news here. And we have some uh, baseball breaking news here. Breaking news. St. Louis Cardinals have made a move. They have made another reunion. Choo-choo, the nostalgic train, Travis, pulling back <laughs> in to St. Louis. Choo-choo. I can wear my my jersey again you and feel it feel fine about Matt it. Matt Carpenter is a Cardinal He's again. back. One-year deal. Matt Carpenter's back. With a 38-year-old. <laughs> As John Mosellac said, quote, when you think of players that helped shape our success in the 2000s, Matt Carpenter's name is one that is synonymous with winning. Matt showed from <laughs> the very beginning of his career how hard work and determination can lead to success, and we are excited to have his leadership and experience back in a Cardinals uniform. Nostalgic train again. Yeah. Coming back for one more round with Matt Carpenter. By Matt golly, Carpenter. Travis, Travis, if this team was put together in 2009, they'd be a World Series winner. <laughs> Matt Carpenter's back God. for reasons I don't know. Uh, we had an open roster spot because uh, we got rid of uh, Nail, who's apparently going to go to the uh, KBO to yeah. play some baseball now. Yeah. So we had an open roster spot on the 40-man. So we know where it's going now. It's going to Matt Carpenter. Uh, he had a 260, 367, 451 slash line over his career. 175 home runs. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was a member of the last World Series team and appeared in seven games as a rookie during the Cardinals' 2011 World Championship season. Mm. <laughs> Spent 2023 20, with San Diego and finished strong in limited play, compiling a 974 OPS and a 500 on-base percentage over the season's final two months. 
dealt to Atlanta during last month's winter meetings and then granted his release, becoming a free agent. Opening the door for a reunion. <sighs> St. Louis. <laughs> he did play uh, well for Matt Carpenter's standards. Little run with the yeah, Padres. two months. Yeah. He did. Ah, oh, this is awful, Travis. <laughs> this is... Uh, we know what we're doing, right? <laughs> yeah. You're not winning. <laughs> hmm. Maybe that's what Mosaic was like. Maybe that's what he's thinking. We had our most recent success when we brought back a left-handed hitter who was on the end of his rope for nostalgic purposes. By golly, let's do it again. <laughs> Only, sorry, Matt Carpenter's not Albert Pujols. Yeah, no. He hits doubles. He doesn't hit home runs. Yep. yep. And not chasing 700 nope. home runs either. But nope. <laughs> Matt Carpenter's a St. Louis Cardinal again. Very nice. <laughs> He is tied for fourth in uh, stadium history for most home runs. He has 68 career home runs at Bush Stadium 3. Mm, there you tied go. with the Adier Molina. There you go. So there's that, I mm. guess. Nice. I mean, I guess he is chasing 200 home runs, Travis. He has 175. You get there. 25 of them this year mm-hmm. for you. You get it. You can crank them out. What an awful, awful decision, <laughs> Travis. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's what like they... they pulled out the 2013 World Series book and threw a dart, and the first player who is still active, they're like, let's sign. And the first one was Lance Lynn. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, we got that. You know what? We have a roster spot open. Let's pull out that yearbook again. Mm-hmm. Matt Carpenter. All right, cool. Sounds good. Yep. <laughs> I I have no idea what we're doing. I don't know if this front office knows what they're doing either. They're trying to bring bring back people who they think, well, the fans won't get mad at us for signing Matt Carpenter because he's a he's a cardinal guy who the fans liked when he was here, so they're not going to get mad at us for signing him. So we get to sign a player. We get to say we signed somebody. We signed a St. Louis Cardinal guy who gets to come back here and. He wants to be here, Travis. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. He wants to be here. Yeah, that's a that's the other thing that they've said this year was that they want players that want to be here. People who want to be here. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Matt Carpenter, by golly, he wants to be here, Travis. Hmm. So because he wants to be here, he's gonna be here. Break out the salsa again. Oh yeah, Matt Carpenter. I'm waiting where are we gonna Travis Where are we gonna put him? I'm waiting for them to open up a roster spot and try to sign Colton Wong again. <laughs> don't well, he's not he's not old enough. That's he, true. He's pretty relatively young in his career. Well, and he's on the Dodgers. He's probably sitting there getting deferred money. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Colton Wong is. Uh-huh. He's sitting there getting deferred money. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit around and <laughs> I'm getting paid in ten years. Yeah, <laughs> waiting to potentially win just, a ring. Just chilling. <laughs> mm. Man, so uh, there you go. Matt Carpenter, a uh, St. Louis Cardinal again uh, here at the uh, bottom of the hour. <laughs> and right now we'll uh, turn things uh, over to the Sports Spectacular powered by the Atlanta guys. Just saying. Oh, well, there Sign you go. But again, he's too young. He's not in his third. He's uh, on that 2013 team, Travis. I know. Throw the dart. I know. Yeah. But he's Boom. too young. 
Uh, and uh, so stay tuned for the Sports Spectacular and catch us in the uh, pod. We got more basketball and picks to do. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Suzuki the call. Oh, no, oh, no. no. Oh, my goodness. Welcome back in. Welcome to overtime of the uh, starting lineup. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry still here. And we got more stuff to uh, talk about than anticipated. We didn't get to basketball, NBA, or college basketball to clean up because of the breaking Matt Carpenter news there to close out the show. Still we're, still ro- we're still reeling after that. I am, I am LOLing out loud. Mm. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Sure, I heard him when the mics were off. Yep. Oh, yeah. So we'll hit up on that, and we'll be picking uh, divisional games yep. uh, here as well. Plus so. more NFL news and notes for you if you want to pick winners as well. There you go. So uh, we'll be uh, doing that as well. So is there anything on sports or anything that you want to hit on? Yeah, the NFL is going to continue to hold its scouting combine in the city of Indianapolis for the foreseeable future. The league decided that Indy will continue hosting the scouting combine through 2025. Mm-hmm. So, Staying in Indy. Dallas and Los Angeles were among the cities under consideration to host the Combine in the past, but the NFL opted to keep the Combine in Indianapolis due to the convention center and the medical facilities for athlete physical exams all being within the city center. So then mm-hmm. why go through the big deal of saying, oh, the scouting Combine can move and go anywhere it wants, and then you just, a year later, just say, yeah, it's just going to stay here anyways. Yeah, it's more convenient. It's almost like it's a... A uh, nice facility it's there. Almost like it should just stay at, there. At Lucas Oil. Be there. And also, it almost seems like it's a destination for the NFL for hosting such a big event. <coughs> like any other big events. I know, right? Super never, Bowl, never, Big Ten Championship, never, something else. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. Uh, the Pacers <sighs> snapped their two game skid with a victory over the Kings in Sacramento. So there's that. The Ravens are still not sure if their number one tight end will be ready for the divisional round of the playoffs. Head coach John Harbaugh says it's undecided whether Mark Andrews will play in Saturday afternoon's game against the Houston Texans. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers head coach is leaving no doubts about his future. Mike Tomlin told the media on Thursday that he expects a contract extension in the offseason. Owner Art Rooney revealed to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette that the team is already planning to extend Tomlin. So all those people say he needs to be fired? He's getting an extension. Extension. Yep. Hmm. Yep. He also said that uh, he spent all 17 seasons with the team and said his fire for the job has intensified following the loss to the Bills. Hmm. Someone whose job is not as safe as the Arizona Cardinals are shaking up their front office. ESPN reports that Arizona has fired CFO Greg Lee, Vice President of Business Development Mike Equanta and Vice President of Digital Content and Creative Tim Delaney. Senior Vice President for Corporate Partnerships Steve Ryan is set to leave on his own later this offseason after 20 seasons with the team. There were a total of 10 departures throughout various departments on the business side of things there for the Cardinals. Hmm. Not good. No. Ohio State football is making a change at offensive coordinator. ESPN reports that Bill O'Brien 
will join the Buccaneers as their new OC, the former Alabama offensive coordinator. Spent last season with the New England Patriots, who finished 4-13. and Head coach Ryan Day and Ohio State decided to move in another direction after they saw the offense dip to 30.5 points per game this season after averaging over 44 in the previous year. O'Brien helped lead the Crimson Tide to two top 10 scoring offenses in his time with Alabama. He was also the coordinator when Bryce Young won the Heisman Trophy in 2021. I did see that, so nice track record. Uh, the Crimson Tide are picking up another signal caller. Former Washington quarterback Austin Mack is transferring to Alabama to remain with head coach Colin DeBoer. He took a redshirt season and did not play under DeBoer with Michael Penix Jr. getting the majority of snaps for the Huskies. Mack will serve as a depth behind starter Jalen Milrow alongside Tide Simpson and Julian Swayan, who signed in December in the 2024 cycle. But I believe I just saw this morning, Travis, that, uh, yes, yeah, Swayan is heading to the portal. So, obviously, not happy that there is a new quarterback coming to town. So, he's getting out of here. He's Highly out. touted. Signed in December of the 2024 cycle. Mm-hmm. Nope. He's gone. Yep, he's out. He's gone. <laughs> I don't want to compete. I just want to be the starter. Exactly. Welcome to college football. And yeah, welcome. Come to Illinois. We have an open starter spot, right? I mean, potentially. If... I mean, for a five-star or, you know, highly touted quarterback, yeah, you, yeah. Make, a, you make room. Right. Uh, the Minnesota Wild have suffered a major injury blow. The team announced on Thursday that Jared Spurgeon will miss the rest of the season with a hip injury. He's expected to undergo a procedure on his left hip next month. Hmm. So there you go. Um, that's all I have. Let me do a double check, make sure nothing new has happened since uh, we started the show here. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Um, American Express uh, is going on, the American Express Open. And the Buffalo Bills are calling on fans again to help them shovel snow starting at 2 p.m. Eastern this afternoon. Team tweeted, High Mark Stadium needs to get ready for the divisional playoff game against Kansas City on Sunday. The Bills are offering $20 an hour. So far, snow conditions don't look as bad as last weekend where fans were seen throwing snowballs and sliding down these stadium aisles. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to make some money. Yeah. And also, there's a UFC pay-per-view um, going on tomorrow. Mm. Who's fighting? The main event middleweight champion Sean Strickland will attempt to defend his title for the first time against South African contender uh, Drakis Duplassie. Mm. I could not tell you the last UFC time 297 UFC takes place tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern in Toronto. Hmm. I think the last time I caught a UFC pay-per-view, we watched it as an at an establishment here in town that's no longer even here. Ah. So that's how long it's been. It's been a long time then. It's been a while. UFC is not really relevant anymore. Nope. They don't have any stars. Yeah, I mean, exactly. They have no personalities. And I think it goes back to Travis when they outlawed them getting like their own brand representation sponsors on their shorts and whatnot. Like yeah. you just took all the personality away from the fighters and it just became so neutered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I want it's it remind, it's so weird. It reminds me a lot of NASCAR. Like mm-hmm. I want to see the personality of the guys. That's how right. I get invested and want to root for somebody. Mm-hmm. Don't just make them all the same. Right. Yep. Now I'm not saying we need 45 Conor McGregor's running around here because that's not good either, but he was at least a personality who was bringing in a lot of money. 
Um, you would either pay for his pay-per-view to cheer him on or to yep. watch him get beat. Yep. So you, you pulled in fans no matter what. They're still watching the pay-per-views. Yep. Uh, they're... Uh, one other thing that I thought was uh, kind of humorous there, and I uh, saw this yesterday, uh, but uh, there's a player in Miami, mm-hmm. plays for the Hurricanes, Cam McCormick. He's been uh, granted a ninth year of eligibility. His uh, career began in Oregon in 2016, <laughs> and he calls this 2024 season his last ride. Yes. The pursuit <laughs> of excellence has no goal line. <laughs> yeah, it's he, like all right he had a lot of injuries he missed significant yes. parts of four different seasons with injuries mm-hmm. and then a red shirt year and then the covid year yeah so yes a ninth can year. we stop with this he's 25 years old yes my gosh he played with justin herbert that's how that's how long he's been in college yeah he was in a national class that included nick boza ed oliver Rashawn Gary and Jalen Hurts, who are now all established NFL veterans. Yeah, exactly. College. Think he's got his degree yet? <laughs> Just isn't taking that, one course a year. Isn't that part of being a college athlete? A student athlete. Student yep. Athlete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wish I could look up what. Uh, twenty twenty two was when he finally got to play a full season. Hmm. Ninth year of eligibility. Yep. It's crazy. He broke his leg in twenty eighteen. Complications from that cost him 2019-2020 and a foot injury two weeks into the 2021 season. Hmm. Then he was granted a six-year of eligibility in 2019 Then had another added in 2020 when the NCAA gave an extra season to all FBS players. 2022 is finally able to play a full season. Um, he was granted eighth and ninth years of eligibility ahead of 2023 for transferring to Miami. Hmm. He said he isn't going to be cut short by what people are saying, and he hopes his story will be an inspiration to other players battling injuries. And he also wants to – he says his goal is to play in the NFL. Hmm. You're 25. You should have been in the NFL for three years now. Yeah, exactly. You're going to come into the NFL for what, a year? Two? Um, he caught eight passes for 62 yards this past season from Miami. What a joke. Mm. What a joke. Ninth year of eligibility. Thanks, NCAA. But some certain transfers have to sit for a year. Exactly. Well, yeah, and it's Miami. Mm -hmm. So, of course, it was waived. Also, Jack Burke Jr., the winner of Masters BJ Championship, dies at 100 years old. I saw that. 100. Greatest comeback ever at Augusta National for one of his two majors. Mm. Saw that. Hmm. So, all right. So, before we uh, move on back to uh, football, uh, let's uh, clean up basketball that I wanted to uh, get to at the end of the show. Uh, last night, the uh, Knicks, they beat the uh, Wizards, saying uh, Jalen Brunson, 41 points again. Uh, the Bulls, they took down the Raptors in Toronto. I told you. 116-110. Demir DeRozan against his former squad. Yep. So... Gets it done. Three assists away from a triple double. Yeah, not quite a triple double yet, but three assists—that's not bad. Now the Bulls three games below five hundred. Coming up. Coming on. Look out! Can't wait to trade Zach Levine. <laughs> they are in the ninth spot, so they are in the play-in. 
Yeah, that's where it, we were last year, if too. If it ended right now. Yeah. Uh, the Thunder won in a high score against the Jazz, 134-201-29. Uh, T-Wolves over the Grizz, 118-203. Uh, Pacers, 126 over the Kings, 121. Panic Matherin, 25 points for Indiana. Top performer. Uh, any good matchups uh, tonight on ESPN? You got the Nuggets and the Celtics. That's good. Um, and the Nets and Lakers. So, New York versus L.A. Mm-hmm. And the Mavericks and Warriors game was uh, still postponed uh, from that uh, death in the coaching staff. Yes. For Golden State. Uh, anything happening on Saturday? The Bulls back in action, back at the United Center against the Grizz. So, it could be another yeah. another win. Could be. Bucks against the Pistons. Tickets as low as $16. Same time. Or, no, that's on Sunday. I was going to say, same time as the Lions game? Well, that would be a nightmare. Nah, it's 2 o'clock on Saturday. Or Sunday is when the Lions play. Uh, let's see. Uh, anything else on a Sunday? No nationally televised games, but the Pacers are going to take on the Suns in Phoenix. Uh, Lakers in action as well against the Trailblazers on Sunday. Uh, let's see. Uh, anything else from uh, college basketball last night? Uh, we had an upset number 10 in Memphis. It goes down. So just do not get in the top 10. Otherwise, you're on upset alert. Uh, South Florida won 74-73 in the upset at the buzzer. Uh, and also FAU won against Wichita State 86-77 final there and in the big 10 michigan state picked up the win against minnesota 76 66 and tom izzo 698 win in his career mm. against the gophers uh anything happening tonight and we got in the big 10 wisconsin back in action hosting indiana tonight at the Kohl center 11 and a half point favorites the badgers it's the only matchup in the Big Ten today, or yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see a top twenty-five tomorrow: uh, Baylor, Texas, Marquette, St. John's, Creighton, Seton Hall, um, Oklahoma, and Cincinnati in a Big Twelve matchup. Purdue against Iowa in Iowa City. Um, Tennessee hosting Alabama, North Carolina on the road at BC, Kansas at West Virginia. Arizona hosting UCLA, number one UConn uh, on the road against uh, Villanova at Wells Fargo, uh, Duke against Pitt. Uh, you also got Penn State, Ohio State on Saturday, and Northwestern and Nebraska there. And, of course, Illinois Rutgers on Sunday like we've talked about, and Michigan State and Maryland take on the Terps. And is there anything else in top 25 on Sunday? Haven't already mentioned. Eh. I mean, I don't know why these three are always on the same time. FAU on Sunday and Memphis is against Tulane. So another night of top 25 teams of Memphis, Rutgers, and or Memphis, Illinois, and FAU. Yay. <clears throat> on Sunday. Competing with the NFL, by the way. So, 
There's that. All right. All righty. Uh, let's see. Uh, where else can we go here? Do you have anything for this date? I do. I got a lot of this dates because it is the uh, weekend. I thought so. So let's get to that before we pick games. Okay. What is today? The 19th. 19th. Here we go. Uh, on this day in 1903, Travis, the first Tour de France is announced by Le Otto. Hmm. Also on this date in 1974, Notre Dame snapped Bill Walton and UCLA men's basketball 88-game winning streak. Streak remains the longest in D1 men's basketball history, but the UConn women later broke the D1 overall record with a pair of longer streaks, including a 111-game streak from 2014 to 2019. Hmm. On this day in 2000, Travis Michael Jordan, who led the Chicago Bulls to six NBA championships as a player, returned to the NBA by joining the Washington Wizards as part owner and president of basketball operations, overseeing all aspects of the team. Less than two years later, he would return to the court to play a pair of seasons for the Wizards. Mm. On this day in 2002, the Patriots beat the Raiders in a snowy AFC Divisional Round game. As Adam Venetieri kicks the game-winning field goal, Tom Brady earns his first career postseason win in controversial fashion, thanks to what would later be known as the Tuck Rule. Uh, Which Brady has since come out in that 30-for-30 and said, yeah, it was a fumble. Gosh. Don't remind me. I know. Rams would have won that game. I know. Rams would have still been in St. Louis. Yep. Uh, and also on this date in 2014, the Seahawks win 23-17 in the NFC Championship game. Richard Sherman seals the victory, knocking away a pass from Michael Crabtree, which then led to his post-game rant about Crabtree with Fox's Aaron Andrews. <laughs> Famous post-game interview Famous. right there. I mean, Richard Sherman was just, yeah. 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 Uh, January 20th, 1999, the NBA and the National Basketball Players Association signed the new collective bargaining agreement, paving the way for training camps to open after the first regular season work stoppage in NBA history. Mm. January 20th, 2002, Brett Favre ties an NFL playoff record with six interceptions as the Packers lose 45-17 to the Rams in the divisional playoffs. That's right. Take that. You remember that, don't you? Mm-hmm. Very well. January 20th, 2008, in the 2007 NFC Championship game, the Giants beat the Packers 23-20 in overtime after missing two potential game-winning field goals in the fourth quarter. New York's Lawrence Tynes makes a 47-yarder 2-35 in overtime to lift the visiting Giants into the Super Bowl, where they go on to play the ultimate spoiler to the 16-0 Patriots. Hmm. 16-0. Yep, couldn't make 17. Nope. Thanks to David Tyree and Eli Manning. Eli Manning. And some Patriots kryptonite. Helmet. Yeah. Uh, January 21st, 1990, John McEnroe is disqualified from his fourth round matchup in the Australian o- Open for misconduct. January 21st, 2007, AFC Championship game. The Patriots took a 21-3 second quarter lead, but Tony Dungy's Colts put together 32 second half points, taking their first lead of the game with just over one minute to play on Joseph Adai's three-yard touchdown run. Colts secure the victory when quarterback cornerback Marlon Jackson intercepts Tom Brady moments later. And finally, January 21st, 2010, Kobe Bryant becomes the youngest NBA player ever to reach 25,000 points at 31 years and 151 days, beating Wilt Chamberlain by 35 days. The record would eventually be bested by LeBron James in November of 2015. Hmm. And that is sports history. That's this date. Yep. Sports history. Yep. Very well. NFL time? It's time for picks. Well, hold on. 
before we get to picks, I just have lots of notes for these games. Okay. And I don't want to overrun the bed. Mm, say the beds. We got a while. Oh, I got a lot of things. Mm, we can always... Your call. You're the one running the ship. We can always uh, restart it, but go ahead. Okay. All right, so here we go. We'll start with the Ravens and the Texans, Travis. Mm -hmm. Ravens seeking their first AFC Championship appearance since 2012. It'll be their fifth appearance overall. They've never hosted an AFC Championship game. They have lost three straight divisional playoff games. They're the one seed for the second time in playoff history. Ravens rested Lamar Jackson back in 2019 when they were the one seed as well. They rested him in the final week of 2019. Ended up losing by 16 in the divisional playoffs to the Titans. So, be careful there. There's a little, mm. you know. Yeah. Ravens are 3-4 and all-time in playoffs at home. 0-2 under Lamar Jackson. One of only three teams with losing records at home in the playoffs with the Chargers and the Titans. Mm. Baltimore, favored by nine, nine and a half um, points. They've won 10 straight outright when favored by nine-plus points. But the last loss... Came in the 2019 Divisional Playoffs versus the Titans, which we just talked about. They were the one seed coming Ooh. off arresting Lamar. And yeah. Lamar, 1-3 in, in playoff career, has not advanced past the Divisional Playoffs. His 41.5 total QBR is second worst in the playoffs since the metric was introduced in 2006. Who's worst, you may ask? Who? Red Rider Andy Dalton with a 21.6 uh, total QBR in the playoffs. Andy Dalton. Yes. <laughs> um, here's a, just a little bit... Uh, a little bit of Lamar's playoff career. You ready? Yeah. Held under 200 passing yards in three of four starts. Mm. At least one interception in all four playoff starts. Yeah. Held without a passing touchdown in last two playoff starts. Rushed for 100-plus yards twice in the playoffs. Sacked at least three times in all four starts and posted only playoff game in history with 300 passing yards and 100 rushing yards. That was in the 2019 Divisional Playoffs, which they lost to the Titans. Mm. But Lamar is 3-0 and in his career versus the Texans. And in those games against the Texans, the Ravens have outscored the Texans 99-32. to 32. Hmm. So it's not even been close. Yeah, no. But Lamar, Travis, I have to say it. I was wrong. Lamar has gone nine straight games without a rushing touchdown. It's the second longest drought of his career. Ooh. So he's not he's not rushing. He's throwing no. the ball. Exactly. Harbaugh. Coach John Harbaugh, Travis. 25 career <sighs> rings versus rookie quarterbacks. It's one shy of time Bill Belichick. For the most since 1950. Hmm. Harbaugh teams are 25-7 and seven versus rookie starting quarterbacks, including 6-0 and with Lamar Jackson as his quarterback. And they're playing a rookie quarterback. Speaking of that rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud could become the first Texan starting quarterback to win multiple playoff games and needs two passing touchdowns for more in Texas playoff history than Deshaun Watson. Hmm. With a win, he yep. would become the sixth rookie to start a conference championship game behind Brock Purdy, Mark Sanchez, Joe Flacco, Ben Roethlisberger, and Sean King. No rookie quarterback has ever started a Super Bowl. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, there you go. Um, we already talked about Lamar and his playoff woes. Uh, the Ravens' defense is really good. But the Ravens outscored their opponents by 203 points this season. That's the best margin in the NFL. Baltimore is the ninth team since 2000, Travis, to outscore its opponents by at least 200 points in a season. None of the previous eight went on to win the Super Bowl. Mm. The last one to do it were the 99 Rams, who had a plus 200-point differential during the regular season and go on to win it all. Yeah. Hmm. 
Okay. So, something, again, to keep your eye on. Um, C.J. Stroud, already the first rookie quarterback drafted in the top two to win a playoff game. He's going to try and become the fourth rookie overall to win multiple playoff games. If he does, he'll join Joe Flacco, Mark Sanchez, and Brock Purdy. The Texans, who finished 3-13-1 last season, would be the third worst record by any team in the season prior to reaching the conference championship. Mm-hmm. Now, C.J. Stroud is a rookie, Travis. Rookie quarterbacks to face number one scoring defense in a playoff game since the 1970s have lost every single one. I'd say it probably didn't end well. Yeah, 08 AFC Championship, Joe Flacco lost to the Steelers. 2012 Wild Card, RG3 lost to the Seahawks. 2021 Wild Card, Mac Jones lost to the Bills. So C.J. Stroud has some work to do in front of him. And not only that, this is going to be the fifth starting quarterback matchup all time between a rookie and a former MVP in the postseason. The rookie has lost all of the previous four matchups. Mm. That includes 1986, Bernie Kozar lost to Dan Marino. 2008, Matt Ryan lost to Kurt Warner. 2009, Mark Sanchez lost to Peyton Manning. And in 2016, Dak Prescott lost to Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Not good for the rookies. No. Uh-uh. And Very especially strange. since they've struggled against Harbaugh in their career. Mm. And Houston, Travis, has struggled in the divisional playoffs. Texans are beginning yeah. to become the first Houston-based team to win a game in the divisional playoffs since the 1979 Oilers. Mm, yeah. They lost eight straight games in the divisional playoffs. Yep. That's uh, that's not great. So that's all I got for that game. I always seem to have like just mistimed injuries, especially yeah. like their quarterbacks and stuff. So well, maybe maybe this is the year. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. All right, Packers and 49ers. We talked mm-hmm. about how the 49ers have won four straight playoff games against the Packers. Um, the 49ers have won five straight home playoff games by an average margin of 14.8 points per game, tied for the longest home winning streak in their playoff history. Mm-hmm. San Francisco has won nine straight regular season games outright when favored by 10-plus points. Brock Purdy is looking to become the first starting QB to win a playoff game in each of his first two seasons since Russell Wilson did it. Mm. Brock Purdy also has no interceptions in three starts last postseason. So that's pretty good. Yeah. And it's been the rushing attack. The 49ers, 220.3 rushing yards per game with nine rush touchdowns in their last four playoff games versus the Packers. Hmm. Now, the Packers. Yep. The Packers will be the first team to face the top two seeds in their conference in their first two playoff games since 1984, when the Steelers and Bears both did it. Mm-hmm. They're also looking to be the first team to beat two of the top three scoring offenses in the playoffs since the 2018 Patriots. Cowboys mm-hmm. were first, 49ers third. Yep. Hmm. Green Bay also can become the first team since Baltimore in 2012 to win multiple playoff games as seven-plus point underdogs. Hmm. Jordan Love looking to become the first Packers quarterback, Travis, to start to win their first two playoff starts since 1950. That's right. Bart Starr, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers all went one and one in their first two playoff starts. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. Oh, so Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan. Yep. Two coaches for this game. Mm-hmm. They have a history. They do. Coaching together, dating back to the Texans from 0809 when Shanahan was the offensive coordinator of those teams while LaFleur worked on his staff as an offensive quality control coach. Mm-hmm. LaFleur followed Kyle to Washington for four seasons where he worked alongside Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel and Rams head coach Sean McVay. Yeah, that coaching staff for mm-hmm. Washington is mm-hmm. nuts. 
After a brief stint at Notre Dame, LaFour went to Atlanta for the 2015-2016 seasons with Kyle Shanahan, where they played an integral part in Matt Ryan's 2016 MVP campaign, leading the Falcons to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. This will be the third playoff meeting between LaFleur and Shanahan, with Shanahan winning their meetings in the 2019 NFC Championship and 2021 Divisional Round. Should LaFleur lose, that 0-3 record will be tied for the most playoff loss without a win in any head coaching matchup since the 1970 merger. Mm-hmm. And this is the 10th time, Travis, that these two franchises have met in the postseason. Yep. This is this is a weird stat. Are you ready for this? Across yeah. those postseason 10 meetings, each team has had four different coaches lead them. Mm-hmm. So San Francisco, you had uh, George Surfert, Steve Mariucci, Jim Harbaugh, Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Green Bay had Mike Holmgren. Yep. Mike Sherman. Yeah. Mike McCarthy. And Matt LaFleur. I wish his name was Mike LaFleur, but we'll carry on. Yeah. All eight of those coaches have come from the Bill Walsh coaching tree. Bill Walsh coached the 49ers from 79 to 88, winning three Super Bowls, but never faced Green Bay in the playoffs. Never. So it's the most matchup that's ever happened in the postseason, and the one coach who you think would have faced Green Bay has never faced them. Nope. Never happened. Yep. Hmm. And the 49ers have been so good at home in the playoffs. But, Travis, you know how I talked about history repeating itself? Yep. Boy, oh boy. 2010. Mm-hmm. You're a Green Bay fan. You remember 2010. 2010. That was the last Super Bowl appearance for the Packers. Oh, well, yeah. Probably and my, oh, my, that. how parallels happen. Both the 2010 Packers and the 2023 Packers clinched a playoff berth in the final week with the win against the Bears. Both the 2010 Packers and the 2023 Packers were the lowest-seeded teams in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Both the 2010 Packers and the 2023 Packers beat the NFC East champion in the wildcard round. Mm. Both the 2010 Packers and the 2023 Packers had starting quarterbacks with zero playoff wins entering the postseason. Mm. Both the 2010 Packers and the 2023 Packers scored 48 points on the road against a top-two seed. And both the 2010 Packers and 2023 Packers had an NFC North rival in the playoffs with them. Hmm. How weird. That's crazy. That's too many similarities for it not to mean something. Yeah. I'm not a superstitious person, but that's a lot. Like scoring 48 points on the road against top two seed. That's yeah. just one point different because usually in a football game, you're going to get sevens. So you'd have 49. But no, they somehow found a way to get 48 against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities there. Yep. Interesting. So, and uh, Packers trying to be the youngest team to reach the divisional playoff. Since the 1970 merger, the youngest team in the NFL to reach the divisional playoff would lose. So, mm. <coughs> we, will, we will see. So, that is – oh, one last thing. Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Been one of the most productive quarterbacks in the NFL this season, wouldn't you say, Travis? I would say so, yes. But he hasn't played well in one particular situation. Prime time. Uh-oh. Brock Purdy, 3-2 and two in prime time games this season, 9-2 and two in all other games. His QBR goes from 80 in all other games to 56 in prime time games. 10.2 yards per attempt, 8.5 yards per attempt in prime time, and his... Touchdown interception ratio. He's twenty three and four in all other games, eight and seven in prime time games. 
Mm. Despite making three playoff start last season, Saturday night's game against the Packers will mark Purdy's first playoff start in prime time. And the Packers' defense has been one of the best against opposing quarterbacks in prime time games this season, allowing a 37.7 total QBR, the fifth lowest in the NFL this season. Prime time. Travis, are we having the Kirk Cousins talk about Brock Purdy? Ooh. If he doesn't win this game. Oh. That's a stat I bet you didn't know. No. That one's going to change your opinion, isn't it? That's mm. a that's a different one. It could be. That could it be. could sway me. I could sway him. All right, let's go to the Bucks and the Lions. Bucks and the Lions. Talked a lot about uh, these two teams. Um, Lions already beat the Bucks this year. Um, let's see here. What else have I got? Uh, Bucks are doing really good uh, off of turnovers. They're outscoring opponents sixty-five to twenty-six off turnovers this season. They are zero and four this season when losing the turnover margin are the Buccaneers. So that's important. Yep. Um. Home field advantage so important for Jared Goff and the Lions. We know that. Since joining the Lions in the 2021 season, Goff has been much more productive quarterback when playing at home than on the road. And the Buccaneers have one of the worst defenses on the road this season, allowing opponents' total QBR of 58. That's 26 in the NFL this season. Yeah, uh-oh. And the Lions and Bucks, as we met, said, met in Week 6. The Bucks were held to a season-low six points. They were 2-12 and 12 on third down. And Baker Mayfield posted a season worth 17 total QBR in that game. Baker. Lions blitz Mayfield on 35% of his drawback, uh, dropbacks in that game. Hmm. Baker. Yep, 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 yep. So we'll have to keep our eye on that one. And finally, Chiefs and Bills. This Bills, we already talked about 7-1 their last eight games since Joe Brady took over. Buffalo's run the ball very well. In those games, Jared, Josh Allen, three career playoff games with four passing or rushing touchdowns and no turnovers, tied with Patrick Mahomes and Joe Montana for the most in NFL postseason history. Mm. Allen has 20 career passing touchdowns in the playoffs, one shy of tying Jim Kelly for the most in Bills postseason history. And Allen is 5-1 and one at home in his playoff career, 0-3 on the road. Yeah. Now, Mahomes, as we said, heads to the road for the first time. 15 straight starts without a road playoff game. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That is a lot. Um, That's I've, crazy how he's never been on the road. I know. And since becoming the Chiefs starter in 2018, Patrick Mahomes has reached at least the conference championship in each of his five seasons as a starter. Mm-hmm. That is his second best run um, behind Tom Brady, who went to eight straight yeah. with the Patriots. That's all i ever known. And in the divisional round, Travis, Mahomes 5-0 and in his career. Mm-hmm. So, he's thrown 11 touchdowns, no picks, and averaged 285 passing yards per game in the divisional round, an 87 total QBR, and has never posted a QBR below 60 in any of those games. The Chiefs have averaged 34 points per game in the divisional round with Mahomes. That's the highest for any starting quarterback in a single postseason round since the 1970 merger. And the Chiefs are an underdog. Yep. Mahomes. Thrives in his career as an underdog. The only other instance, it's the second time he'll be an underdog in the playoffs. Only other instance was last year's Super Bowl. Chiefs mm. were a one and a half point underdog. They won 20, 38 37. Including the regular season, Mahomes is 7 and 3 in his career as an underdog. The best record by any QB in the Super Bowl era. Mm. 
He also has the highest, since 06, the highest QBR as an underdog. Yeah. And we know the Bills. 3-1 and one against the Chiefs in the regular season since 2020. 0-2 in the playoffs. And this is now the third time these two are meeting up in their first seven seasons. It's the fourth pair of quarterbacks to meet at least three times in the playoffs in their first seven seasons. Mm. And Mahomes and the Chiefs have won because they've all been at Arrowhead. Yep. So, these two, I mean, that's what everyone's going to be watching, is the play of these two quarterbacks. That's going to, you know, decide it. And it's also going to be mistakes, Travis. Both the Bills and Chiefs had 28 turnovers in the regular season, tied for seventh most in the NFL. Josh Allen, we talked about his interceptions this season. He had 18 of them. Second worst in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, though, had 14 interceptions. So, Mm. He had plenty of interceptions. The Chiefs then, pass catchers, as we know, drops. Oh, yeah. Drops 38 drops. Bad. Most of the NFL. Bills, 25 drops. So, still some drops. They finished in the top 10. Mm. <coughs> but here's the other thing, Travis. Turnovers. Or not turnovers. Penalties. Bills had 106 accepted penalties this season. Seventh most of the NFL. Chiefs had two players in the top three in accepted penalties this season including offensive tackle Jawan Taylor had 17 penalties accepted against him in the regular season, the most by any offensive player since 2003. Mm. That's not good. No. That is not good. So, All right, now just kind of some overall things. All eight starting quarterbacks in this year's divisional round will be under the age of 30. Jared Goff is the oldest at 29. It's the third time all eight divisional round quarterbacks have been under the age of 30 since the round began in 1970. It'll be the second straight postseason where it's happened. Prior to last season, the only previous instance that of that time was 2004. Mahomes, 5-0 and in the divisional playoffs in his career. He is the only one with multiple wins. In fact, his five wins in the upcoming round are two more than the other seven quarterbacks combined. Wow. Seven of the eight projected starting quarterbacks in the divisional round are former first-round picks. Mm-hmm. You know, the one who's not a first-round pick, right? Who's that? Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, yeah. That would be the most former first-round pick starting at quarterback in the history of the divisional round. Mm. So, um, Lamar, we talked about needing a win, needing a playoff win. And rookies have been making an impact this entire postseason. So, uh, I know everyone thinks of C.J. Stroud, but, I mean, the Buccaneers have some good rookies. The Packers. um, as well as the Lions. So, it, it's going to be an interesting uh, weekend, Travis. See, I'm looking forward to it. All righty. Well, you want to pick them? Yeah. We've talked enough about it. Let's pick it. Yeah, enough of the talking. Let's get to the picks. Football pick them for the divisional round. Give you all the stats and info. Yep. Now let's get to uh, the nitty-gritty. Let's do it. All right, Travis, since you're up three, you get to go first. The first game, Texas at Ravens. Ravens minus nine and a half. Yeah, you know, again, a nine and a half is very intriguing Mm -hmm. to take the Texans here. But am I being a sucker for being a believer in Lamar Jackson getting it done in the playoffs. Mm. I am. We'll go with the Ravens, minus nine and a half. Travis, I will go with the Texans. We have doubted them all season. C.J. Stroud has shown up. I don't know if they can win, but 
but I think they can keep it within a touchdown. Yeah. So I I'll, could go, totally, I'll go Texans. I could totally see that. Next, Packers at 49ers. 49ers minus 9.5. Travis, I will go first in this one. I'm going to go Packers. I just, I don't know. There's something about this Packers team that is just making me feel. We've had some moments where the 49ers haven't looked great this season. Maybe Jordan Love is the guy. Again, do I think they're going to win? I don't know if they're going to win, but I think they can keep it close. So I'll go Packers. Uh, hmm. I am uh, going to play the game, and I'm going to go the Packers here as well. By the way, if uh, the 49ers do win, then uh, any uh, draft scout person should be fired because they're totally irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. All right, Bucks at Lions. Lions minus six and a half, Travis. Who you got? Yeah, you know, I uh, think that people are kind of overlooking just how uh, bad the Lions were in the second half of that game. Mm-hmm. It's the Rams only scoring three points. Like, I don't like that for them, but I, hopefully I'm cheering for the uh, city of Detroit. So I will take Detroit minus six and a half. Travis, to me, this is the toughest one of the weekend. Um, because, like you said, I don't know what Lions team is going to show up. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be the one that dominated the Buccaneers week six when they played them, or is it going to be the one that put up three points in the second half last week? Yep. Um, also, I think a lot of people, as they have done for the past couple of years, are not giving Baker Mayfield credit. No. And I forgot, Travis. I totally forgot. We were sitting here talking about Baker Mayfield and how he went to Cleveland, and then he was in L.A., and now he's in Tampa Bay. I forgot he made a stop in Carolina. He did, yep. That was totally irrelevant. <laughs> Lost his job, was cut. Mm-hmm. He's turned this team around. Yes. But I'm going to go Lions. Lions. I think the crowd will be too much of a factor. I think we'll see a lot of false start penalties and a lot of mistakes by the Buccaneers because of that crowd. Yeah, it's it was lit mm-hmm. on Sunday. They're going to be even louder this weekend Mm -hmm. and finally chiefs at bills bills minus three travis i will go first and i'm gonna go bills i think this is the year i think at home josh allen's a better quarterback than he is on the road and i just don't believe in patrick mahomes on the road because i haven't seen it yeah haven't seen it up until this point yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna go bills minus three hmm so I wrote off the Bills a long time you ago. You did, a long time ago. And they've proved me wrong. Ever since they fired their OC, they've been a different team. Have, yep, they definitely turned around with uh, Brady there. Yep. He's the OC. Um, so everybody's going against the uh, Chiefs here, but I'm not. The Bills are the Bills. They choke in the playoffs. They're going to do it again. Second year in a row. Hmm. Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, plus two and a half. Chiefs. All righty. And my boy, Travis. Travis <laughs> Kelsey. <laughs> They're going to get it done. Bigger question, is T-Swift there? She traveled to Buffalo in the snow and the cold? She can get a flight in. Hmm. She ride with the team? 
<laughs> that I highly doubt. <laughs> no. But I bet she'll be there. I bet she will, too. So. Unless she's got a, a gig. I think it's her downtime right now. I think so. So. Alrighty. Alrighty. That's it. That's, That's it. our picks. We picked it. And we'll recap it Monday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anything from the games, make our top three. Yep. Or anything from the Atlanta game, make yep. the top three. Yep. Maybe we'll Altamont Girls. Yeah. ATC Championship. Mm-hmm. We'll see. So lots of stuff to recap. Yep. On Monday. All right, so we are going to get out of here for the weekend and enjoy the weekend with all the sports involved. Conference tournaments going on and concluding tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And uh, until Monday, have a great rest of your weekend. And hopefully this puts you in a warm frame of mind here on the program. So thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. We will talk to you on a Monday. Peace out.